0: Welcome, Pewter Report readers, viewers, and listeners to a brand new edition of the Pewter Report podcast, Energized by Celsius, the official energy drink of pewterreport.com. want to thank all the Pewter people and the fans of pewterreport.com that are watching this evening's show. It is a Thursday, and of course, the Pewter Report podcast is Energized by Celsius. Um, we got a fun show in store for everybody tonight. We're going to talk about who is the Bucks most exciting rookie doesn't necessarily have to be the top overall pick just someone you're most exciting excited to watch this season when they rock the red and pewter and the creamsicle as well we're going to talk about that too i'm your host matt matera joined with me is my colleague from pewterreport.com adam slavon adam's great to talk to you this evening how are you doing on this thursday night
1: i'm doing great matt happy to be on with you and discuss not only the bucks rookies but Also, that creamsicle video that came out that was really creative.
0: Yeah, uh, let's get right into that. Because we we talked about it a little bit on yesterday's show. But we also had um, rookie outside linebacker Jose Ramirez on. So we more talked about, for him, what it was going to be like wearing that creamsicle jersey. And we obviously want to get into a lot with Jose about himself. So we kind of tabled the creamsicle discussion a little bit for this evening. But, man... It was an awesome video that the Bucks put out uh, on social media. Adam, what did you think of it?
1: I really thought it was it was it was really awesome how they had that retro feel to it. You know, you had like the A train, uh, like the nods to Rondé Barber, uh, yeah. Leroy Selman. It was just really well done. And like this graphic here, it the uniform looks awesome, and how they did it with like a different fabric. And seeing like the modern players modeling it, Chris Godwin there, Antoine Winfield, Mike Evans, and of course, Levante David. It's just going to be really interesting to see the uniforms on display. And I I saw this graphic going around on Twitter today about maybe the, the field being creamsicle colored, like in the end zones. I think that would be really awesome as well.
0: Yeah, I, I saw that as well. Like, it was a kind of like an aerial shot of the whole stadium and how it could look. And, yeah, I agree. I would love if they did something like that. And I think they actually might have because before I was working at pewterreport.com, um, I had a couple of separate jobs. But uh, one of them, when I was just trying to get more you know, work in, in the sports field, and I worked on game days for the Bucs. And I would put up – I'd be part of a crew that would help put up the bunting around the stadium and you know it was the typical like red and pewter and the bucks logo and stuff like that but you put that up on the day of the game you take it down after the game as well so i have a really good feeling that when they play that creamsicle game against the lions i believe that's in uh week six so it's a early ish october i have a feeling they're going to have specific creamsicle bunting around the entire uh stadium which will be Really awesome to see. But, yeah, to get back to the, the video itself, there are so many things to love about it. Like you said, the jerseys look great. The uh, The 70s feel like paying homage to uh, Leroy Selman, of, of course, in general. Put the bucks on the map, essentially, with those yeah. creamsicle jerseys. Um, I, I love, like, all the photos that you had. You can check it out on our Instagram as well or, or the Buccaneers uh, Instagram. Like you see here with Chris Godwin, Levante, David, they had it for a ton of guys as well, though. Vita Vea, Baker Mayfield, Jamel Dean, you name it. They had all the Bucs players wearing it with like kind of like their own card as well, which um, I thought was was really well done. It's got that that 70s show uh, vibe if you're a fan of that show. Um, shout out Ashton Kutcher and Mila Kunis. Oh, yeah. Um, which was super cool. And then, yeah, the video itself, having Mike Allstott as the bouncer – I thought it was really cool, especially just like the type of player that he was. He's going to run you over. Like, of course, he would be the bouncer. Um, Rondé as the bartender, really cool. Derek Brooks, the guy at the bar. And I thought it was so interesting that he gave the bag to Mike Evans first because one of the things we've talked about this summer is Mike Evans getting an extension, getting a new contract. Ooh. So Mike Evans getting the bag. Was it subliminal there with uh, maybe giving it to Mike? And Burke Kreischer, who uh, – is a great comedian hilarious he has the, that movie the machine he is a tampa native he grew up in tampa florida i believe went to jesuit high school if i'm not mistaken so having a cameo from him one of the most famous comedians on the planet awesome little cameo there and just yeah the what do you call it? the like the i don't want to say old out of disrespect but the veterans the the alumni of the Bucks giving nod to the new and current Buccaneers. I thought it was super awesome. Yeah. It was like Rondé Barber was teammates with Levante David, you know, <laughs> for briefly, but, you know, for a little bit. So just overall well done. Huge, huge kudos to the, um, you know, the Buccaneers, the the whole staff, really. I think they shot it out in St. Pete, but it was all camera people that work for the Bucs day in and de- day out that we see at the, uh, the building, so. Truly, truly thought it was a uh, just job well done from start to finish.
1: Yeah, and I just want to add, you mentioned uh, Burt Kreischer. The big question will be week six. I know he does a lot of his stand-up shirtless. Will he actually be rocking the the creamsicle uniform?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So he's like so busy and he does a a billion different things. I don't know if he's still on tour. I don't know if he's going to have time off. I'm pretty sure he also... His parents still live in Tampa, which is cool. So, like, you know he's going to go there and visit them uh, throughout the year or eventually. Um, but I know he lives in California full-time. So, yeah. you know, would it be a thing? Would he, like, fly back? I, I don't know what his schedule is. He, he does tour a lot. He does a lot of different, like, podcasts and things like that. But I think it would be great if they if they brought him back for that game specifically. It's just another shout-out. Richard asked here, how do we feel about the jerseys? Adam, how do you feel about them?
1: I, I think they look even better than anticipated. And seeing them in October, like under the sun, I think just gonna add a whole nother dynamic. I know there's a video that came out today with Jamel Dean uh rocking yeah. them. And you kind of <laughs> see with the lighting, just how bright and eccentric they are. So I really like the jerseys. I think this retro uniform, probably one of the best in the NFL. And I'd be curious to see now the Lions also brought into the picture a new alternate uniform yes uh, with that lion on the helmet that looks a little funky i wonder if they're gonna rock those uniforms in week six as well
0: i would prefer if they did i like doing a little throwback versus throwback or in this case alternate versus alternate because there are times when the nfl will do like the home team wears the the throwback jersey but the the road team just wears their like regular jersey and it just kind of looks weird sometimes, depending yeah. on like who the opponent is. And granted, if it's like uh, the Steelers' Bumblebee one, or uh, the Packers had some really disgusting ones back in the day, and uh, the Jets had some one, some as well with the with the New York Titans. Sometimes when you get those egregious jerseys and you go against like a team wearing a regular jersey, it's kind of odd. Uh, but yeah, I'm with you. I would love to see. Um, I would love to see an alternate versus alternate type of uh, situation with uh, the, when the Bucks play where the cream schools and play against the lions. One last thing on the cream school as well, because I saw someone say um, no Devin white in the video. That's true, but you can only take so yeah. many guys that, like you could have made a case for Tristan works to be there. You could have made a case for Vita Veya. So I understand what you're getting at Christopher, but you know, there are a number of guys you could have chosen from Devin was part of the video that the Bucks posted <laughs> a little while ago today where they asked uh baker mayfield rashad white devin and vita vea in their cream school jerseys to draw the bucko bruce devin was a part of that um if you guys didn't see it i would definitely check it out just a fun little video baker mayfield can draw man
1: he's an artist and devin whites was i, I kind of mentioned it he looked like a snowman yeah and that, that'd probably be how i would draw it but baker mayfield did a great job
0: yeah, Bakers was definitely the best. If I was going to rank it, I would say, and I'm a terrible artist. Like, I, mine would be similar to Devin White's, essentially. But if I were going to rank it, Bakers was the best. I would put Rashad White second, Vita third, and then Devin Devin fourth. How would you rank it?
1: I, w- I would say about the same. Vita and uh, Rashad were close, but I'd give Rashad the, the slight nod. It was funny yeah. when Vita, he was kind of, he turned around, looked at the logo, and then he's like, all right, I, I got this. Let me draw it.
0: St. John's real estate with TGHT says, uh, "Shout out to Sarah Walsh for sporting the School jersey and bringing Mike Evans up for her underrated offensive player segment this morning." That's right, I did see that. Uh, Bucks did a cool thing with sending a couple of uh, you know news publications the School jersey, so you see it on WFLA, WDAE, a couple other publications, and obviously. Good morning football as well. And Sarah Walsh has been at a at a, uh, a lot of Bucks practices throughout the last couple of seasons. So that was great to see. Great to see Mike Evans get some public acknowledgement, of course, because he doesn't always get that. Richard says they look better than the original Creamscope. I think that's just kind of like with advanced technology. But, yeah. Uh, that's just me. But speaking of uh, older Bucks, I mean, there's some guys that are on this team. We're going to talk about the Bucs uh, rookie class of this year, of 2023, the most exciting Bucks players. But Adam had an article today that I think kind of goes hand in hand with what we're talking about this evening, because hopefully with this year's draft class, a couple of these players will end up on this list that Adam came up with, which was um, the top 10 draft steals for the Bucs over the last 10 years specifically. Um, I believe ESPN had an article, Adam, why, why don't you set up the uh, the picture for us?
1: Yeah, so late in June, uh, ESPN came out with an article ranking the top 50 biggest draft steals in the NFL from 2013 to 2022, so the past decade. Uh, and their rules in that ranking were no first-round picks, no undrafted free agents, yeah. and just kind of going over it, I thought it'd be a fun exercise to look at the Bucks and see what players that they've gotten, maybe on day two, day three of the draft, that... Yeah they really got some value out of and kind of going through it. I thought the biggest omission from ESPN's list was Chris Godwin drafted number 80, 82, 84 in the third round. Yeah. And him not being on, on. Yeah. I thought he was one of the, the biggest value picks like in wide receivers. You often find them in rounds two and three, but getting Chris Godwin, the second best receiver in team history, I believe right behind Mike Evans He has a long way to go. He's only 27. You can honestly see him being successful another five to seven years. And continuing further down the list, you had guys like Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa, some maybe unheralded small school offensive linemen. And then defensively, you have Jamel Dean, Carlton Davis, just being able to find defensive backs. I think that was crucial in the team's Super Bowl run in 2020 was finding these kind of guys that are draft steals.
0: Yeah, and I I think one of the biggest things, and I'm fully in agreement with you. I mean, Chris Godwin has to be number one from where he was ranked and what he means to this Bucs team, what he's done for them, you know, to pick him 84th overall back in 2017, uh, without question, a steal. I mean, just the expectations. Uh, Grizz also said Ryan Jensen should have been on that list. He did, um, of course, get drafted by the Baltimore Ravens. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, an absolute steal. But I think what's most important, kind of what you talked about with the cornerbacks, whether it was uh, Jamel Dean and, and Carlton Davis, you know, the Bucks love to flood that position of, or just flood a position in general where you get the same guys and they'll go two years in a row. Like Carlton was in 2018, Jamel Dean was in 2019. So just because they, dra- and they and they drafted two corners that year with Carlton as well, with uh, yeah. MJ Stewart on the team. So the Bucks it did not stop them from drafting another corner. And thank goodness they did, because now you got that duo with Carlton and Jamel Dean. And I think you also see it on this list at, at three, you had Ali Marpet, who was picked in, in 2015. And then a couple, well, sorry, in that same exact draft, a couple picks before that later on on this list, you have Donovan Smith. So once again, the Bucks doubling up at the offensive line a position, obviously that's super important in this league. And maybe it'll happen again this year with the, you know, with the Bucks where they went with Cody Malk again uh, yeah. in the second round and they just picked Luke Edeke the year before. So uh, I, I, that to me was most interesting about it.
1: Yeah, definitely. And uh, on the just miss, like the cut list, you have Rashad White and Kate Otten who yes. this year, if they get more expanded roles, they could sneak in the, in the list and be maybe in the seven to nine range. You have Rashad White, as a number one back, if he gets a thousand yards, Kate Otten can he emerge into a top 10, top 15 tight end. And then you have like Luke Gedicke, Logan Hall, Cody Mauk, and even maybe some more exciting rookies.
0: Yeah, I um so overall I like your list. I mean, uh, who, where was it? Richard asking about or mentioning Winfield has a strong case. Winfield's already second on that list for yeah. what he means. And clearly the Bucks hold him in high regard. He was in the cream video. Um, So, overall, I mean, really good list. You have Will Golson at seven. um, Jordan Jordan Whitehead might be my favorite pick out of all of this, just because, like, where they got him at 117 uh, back in 2018 and, you know, what he meant to this defense, being that hammer on the team. And, obviously, he got a big contract from the Jets after. But for as late as they got Jordan Whitehead, that might be my personal favorite. If I was going to nitpick this at all, it really only comes down to the just missed part because – I think it's more about the potential of these guys that is very exciting and kind of like what we're going to talk about with this year's draft class. It's tough to call to steal just yet when like Rashad was the number two running back and he had three touchdowns on the season. And, yeah. you know, Kate Otten couldn't crack it with being the full-time starter because he had Camp Raid in there. Now, I think that was more on the Bucks coaching staff than anything that, that Kate Otten did. I'm merely just nitpicking here, but would it be safe to say that those two guys that you wrote about was a little bit more for like what they can become on this team versus oh, like yeah. what they've already done.
1: Yeah, definitely what they could be and like their potential because their potential is like the sky's the limit for yeah. for both of them. They both will have every opportunity this season to really seize their role, uh, seize the day in pirate terms. But both of them, I think, could really become impact starters
0: especially Kate Otten. now he's going to have again, flooding the position. He's going to have another new guy in the room with uh, Payne Durham. We'll talk about him yeah. in a little bit, but like Rashad white is starting to become the worst kept secret <laughs> for uh, not just the bucks, but you know, fans of fantasy football around the league. Everyone wants Rashad white. Everyone thinks he's going to be a huge factor in this offense. He might be the most exciting guy of this year's draft class. Uh, but yeah, I mean the sky's the limit for for Rashad White.
1: Now quick sidebar. If, yeah uh well, right now up. if you were doing a, a fantasy football team, what round would you maybe draft Rashad White? I've been thinking about this and I'm like maybe second, so, third round?
0: Is yeah, that too early? I, I, I'm trying to think because the league I do I'm in two I'm in two leagues, but the, the, the league that I care about the most it's with some of my closest friends. We've been doing it for like over 10 years now. But we do like a keeper style where we get to keepers and stuff like that. And there's different rules into that. But I know fans won't care. So yeah. I won't go into specifics. But Brees Hall is going to be one of my Ooh. keepers that, uh, that I'm sticking with this year. So it's like, okay, if I already got Brees Hall in the hopper, like I can wait a little bit longer for Rashad White. But that's a great question. I'm going to have to ask a couple of the fantasy football experts in there because a lot of it is on potential for Rashad White. And some of this matters, like, where does Dalvin Cook go? Does Ezekiel Elliott get signed? What if Sean Tucker becomes a thing for the Buccaneers? Do you value Rashad White versus, like, the third best wide receiver on the board or whatever? I think Rashad, like, Rashad last year... I want to say went like ninth or 10th round, but obviously you had Leonard Fournette. I think, man, because running back is still kind of the golden goose of, uh, this would be a great question for Stephen Che, a huge Bucks fan, works for Barstool Sports. Stephen Che will probably have a really good answer to this. I want to say right now, borderline, Late second round, I think third round, and if he's available in the fourth, just get him. Instantly. Yeah.
1: What What's kind of ironic is like in fantasy football, the running back is really valued, but around the NFL, you see running backs not getting paid.
0: I know. I it's funny. I was talking about this recently, where I legitimately feel bad for running backs across yeah. the league, but I understand why they don't get paid, and I kind of don't think they should get paid because you see what the chiefs did like they drafted Clyde Edwards Hilaire early but it was Pacheco who I believe was a seventh round pick that was like the top guy when they were you know when they were going to the Super Bowl so I I really feel bad for the running backs because they do deserve to get paid but it makes no sense from a business standpoint for any team to really pay their um you know their star running backs like even Saquon Barkley Top pick, what, what was he? Second or third? I think he was second by the Giants. Yeah, second. Yeah, when he was drafted, uh, one after Baker Mayfield, new Bucks quarterback. Giants didn't make the playoffs with Saquon until this season, yeah, or last season. And yes, they won a game, but like, are you going to give them the bag just to be the third best team in the NFC East? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. What about um, Derek Henry? How many Super Bowls have the Titans been to during his time? None. Ezekiel Elliott. How many NFC championship games did the Cowboys get to in the tenure of Ezekiel Elliott?
1: These are all great points. And even like with running backs, there's like three on every team that could really be a starter. I feel like there's just so much quantity that you don't really have to pay for the quality of running backs. And then you also look at the track record after like age 25, a lot of them decline. A lot of them just maybe have one year wonder seasons and you have to wonder, like a guy like Derrick Henry, how many more seasons can he carry, literally carry the Titans yeah. on offense? It's, yeah.
0: Yeah, it is very much running back by committee. It is important to have those, you know, solid backups, though. Because right now, yeah. if, if Rashad White did get injured and, you know, obviously we all like Sean Tucker, but he hasn't even practiced yet. Unfortunately, obviously it's a very serious injury that we care about, but he hasn't practiced yet. If Rashad goes down, you got Keyshawn Vaughn as your next guy, or Chase Edmonds. We'll see who wins that battle. I don't know if I love that depth that the Bucks specifically have at running back.
1: Yeah, I, w- I would say so. Beyond Chase Edmonds and Keyshawn Vaughn, you really need to see a guy like Sean Tucker, or even to a lesser extent, maybe Ronnie Brown. I know JC's yeah. a big fan of him. JC There's a lot is. to like there. And he had a great mini camp, great OTAs, but... There's not a lot of proven depth. I mean, Keyshawn Vaughn, he's had every opportunity to become the number two running back, but he just kind of let that role slip. Let guys like Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette overtake him. So beyond Rashad White, of course, a breakout season is very much in the cards for him if he can hit his ceiling. But Chase Edmonds doesn't really inspire Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, there's just not a lot to like there beyond White
0: absolutely and in fairness to Keyshawn vaughn he did win a playoff game as the starting running back for the bucks when tampa bay defeated the philadelphia eagles back yeah. in 2021 um chris says if daniel jones got paid that's tough not to pay barkley i'm with you and it's crazy too like, everything you said adam is spot on about the like the value in fantasy versus what running backs get paid in reality and then at the same time you had Two running backs get drafted in the first round this year. Um, yeah. Obviously, one of them was very expected. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business.
1: Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't
0: want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. See, the show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With me, Jameer John Gibbs Robinson. at 12. Jameer like, Gibbs, absolutely bizarre. We'll see Jameer Gibbs uh, in the School game, obviously, when the Bucks play against the Lions. But, uh, yeah, it is... Uh, It is pretty crazy. Joel also says, man, but when he does practice, I'm Tucker all the way. That kid is special. Yeah, Sean Tucker does have a fair amount of hype behind him. I really hope that he can get healthy soon enough. Obviously, like, don't rush to get back. But, man, if he can get healthy, that could be an all-time steal for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is our topic for today. We'll get into that. Right after we talk about our favorite energy drink, which, of course, is Celsius Energy Drink, the official sponsor of PewterReport.com and the Pewter Report podcast. There are so many different flavors to enjoy. Um, Jose Ramirez, who was on the show yesterday, Bucks Outside Linebacker, absolutely loves Celsius Energy Drinks. He was hyping it up. His personal favorite favorite is the Tropical Vibe right there. One of the newest flavors, of course, is the Oasis Five Two, so many great different flavors. I had a uh, sparkling orange pomegranate a little bit before, and have a little bit left, so I'm going to finish that up too. If you want to know where to get a Celsius Energy Drink, go to the store locator on their website and uh, type in your address. It'll let you know the closest location to go pick up a can, whether it's your local Walmart, Target, convenience store, or your bodega. And then if you want to get it in bulk, which I would recommend, because there's so many different flavors and varieties of Spice of Life, get it in bulk over at Amazon. Go there, click on the uh, subscribe and save, and have it sent to your residents every week, month, quarterly, yearly, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking Celsius energy drinks. The official sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast. Okay, Adam, we're going to talk about this Bucks Rookie Class, the most exciting rookie or rookie that you are most excited to see start us off my man who are you interested in watching in red pewter white and creamsicle this year
1: my pick my first pick would be the team's first round pick kalijah cansey okay, i am most excited pick. to see him this season i think that he's going to be a disruptor along the defensive line and to kind of go from what uh Pittsburgh's defensive line coach Charlie Partridge said, uh, interviewing with Peter Report, he mentioned three words, technique, speed, and power. And I think all three of those are what Kalijah Cansey is going to bring on the field this season. He gets to the backfield lightning quick on film. He has the burst and the balance. And I think it'll just be really exciting to see just how hard he hits the ground running because the comparisons, Jason Light compared him to Warren Sapp, John Hit. Randall, Hall of Famers. Aaron and then you have Aaron Donald, yeah. He had nine sacks as a rookie, Aaron Donald did. And it'll be interesting because a lot of defensive tackles, they don't put up the big sack numbers in year one. It often comes in the next couple of seasons. Uh, Logan Hall last year, even though he was the team's uh, second-round pick, he only had like two and a half sacks. So if Kalaji Kansi can take that next step and look as good as he did at Pittsburgh and the Red and Pewter and the Creamsicle... He's the most exciting Buccaneer for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and anytime you have a first overall pick or first round pick, I should say, the Bucs definitely don't want to be drafting first overall. Um, it, it's going to garner excitement anyway. And I think because the Bucks, while overall their defense was what kept them in games and won them games, one area where they struggled outside of turnovers, and I think we'd all agree turnovers was probably the biggest issue for the Bucs, um, they took a step back in generating pass rush with just the group up front, and I think also stopping the run a little bit. And I'm not sure as of right now what Cancy can do stopping the run, but his speed and quickness I think is going to help out in so many different ways. And I really like the attitude that he came in with. Um, he said he wants to come in here and learn everybody's name. Didn't matter if it's the head coach or the janitor. Um, you know, he, I've ever asked him like, what he wants to do around Tampa, and he's like, I don't know, I just want to play football. <laughs> Essentially, <laughs> is you know what he wants to do. So I, I like where his mindset is right now. I think with Cancy in the room, that's really going to push Logan Hall as well. So we might even get a very productive Logan Hall just based on the presence of Kalijah Cancy. But when you get those comparisons that everybody mentioned, and the fact too that this is going to be a dicey pick for Jason light in the sense of a lot of people were very surprised when he made this pick, we thought yeah. they were going to go with another offensive lineman or uh, a number of different directions. And then can came on the scene and everyone was a little confused at first. And then you go back and you watch the tape because you cover so many people during the draft. And I was like, wow. Okay. Now we understand why. Jason Light fell in love with Kalija Um, The speed, some of the different pass rushing moves, um, his ability. I mean, he destroyed at, at Pittsburgh. That's why he was one of the top players in the country for what he was able to do, winning, you know, defensive player of the conference and everything like that. A ton of excitement to uh, be around Kalija Kansey and maybe a future leader of this team. The person I'm going to pick, and I got to be honest, I did a 180 on this guy because during the draft, I said that this was probably my least favorite pick. But Mm -hmm. hand up, seeing him in person, I have changed my tune. And I said it was a bit of a, uh, a stretch at the time. Let's see if I can find a better picture of him before I put him up. We definitely have one. Yes, man, I am picking might not be starting right away. But yesterday we talked about looking good, feeling good, playing good, and being the first player in Buccaneers history to rock number zero. Ooh. If he makes some big plays getting at the quarterback, he's going to be fun to watch. I'm talking about ya 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 <laughs> ya ya Diaby out of Louisville, the Bucks' third round pick. And I did feel it was a bit of a reach at the time because remember the Bucks didn't have a fourth round pick when they were drafting. Uh, Yahya Diaby, and there is a little bit of concern of like, is it a one? Is it a one-year wonder with what he did in his final season at Louisville? But then you, he goes to practice, and I take one picture of him. I put it on Pewter Reports Instagram and Twitter and social media. And everyone lost their minds being like, oh, my God, he's built like a tank. He's gigantic. I am really excited with what Yaya can do to this outside linebacker room in terms of this is a big year for Joe Tryon-Chyinka. Is he going to take that next step? What's up with Anthony Nelson? Was his ceiling last year? Is there more to his game? And then Shaq Barrett, we've talked about a lot, obviously coming back from personal turmoil with uh, the death of his daughter, uh, unfortunately and the torn Achilles rehabbing from that, there's going to be an opportunity for Yaya Diaby to uh, make an impact on this team. And he can, if he starts doing it right away, you know, in training camp and in the preseason, and we'll see what Shaq comes back. But this is a great opportunity for Yaya to um, make a mark on this team very early. He'll probably play special teams as well. But if, if Joe Tronjanko or Anthony Nelson isn't getting it done, there's no reason why Yaya can't become either, you know, a third down edge rusher or a guy that gets significant minutes.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I don't think it's unreasonable to think by midseason that Yaya Diaby could be the third edge rusher for the Bucs behind maybe Shaq Barrett and Joe Tryon maybe surpassing Anthony Nelson if he has a strong preseason. But with Yaya Diaby, it kind of, it's funny. He reminds me of like Joe Tryon Schwenka, but AJ Dillon with the Packers and like just his quads yeah, they're like huge yeah <laughs> yeah he he's has the gigantic. quads that could rival him. and he just looks so physical uh, i think he ran a 4.51 during the yeah. NFL combine you just see the speed the power the fluid movement and then like just his bend and like his ability to get low off the edge and like get around offensive tackles quarterbacks opposing quarterbacks they might have nightmares seeing him come off the edge and It'll be exciting to see him, and then also uh, it'll be exciting just to see his smile. When you look at him up close, he's always smiling. He's always happy, excited, and I think that energy will rub off on maybe some of the other pass rushers.
0: Yeah, and part of the reason why I think Yaya is here is because he has a little bit of a different attitude. I saw uh, one person in the comment made the comparison to JPP, and someone else disagreed. I think the attitude-wise, you might get a little bit of, of JPP. Like, this is a guy that's had to work for everything. Like, he was working in college at, at like, a, an airport or something like that. Not everything was given to him right away. Like, Yaya had to um, go through a couple of different hoops in order to get to where he is today. So, I think with the the weakness of the outside linebacker outside of Shaq Barrett, is is compelling for what yaya may uh, potentially become and that's why he could be a steal and get on your list if you do this uh another time <laughs> with with an up with a, maybe you'll do an updated list if if everyone just dominates this year and this year's draft yeah. teams might have to make some changes but uh, i kind of like this draft style that we've done who would be your your next pick
1: my next pick second on my list was cody Malk. Uh, yeah the yeah. excitement for not only what he brings on the field, but just his personality. Uh, Had him on the show earlier this offseason. Just a really fun guy. Besides his play at right guard, seeing maybe the first down celebrations, uh, his smile, pushing running backs forward uh, after the play, playing until the whistle. I think all those little things make him more and more exciting. And then also just being lean and athletic, I think, there isn't really too many concerns about him moving from tackle to guard as there may be with Luke Gedecky because Malk is more versatile and he kind of played all over, like during the senior bowl, even lined up at center there. There's just a lot to like with Cody Malk and definitely could see him being another Ali Marpet, Alex Kappa, being a small school guy, but putting up big, big solid production.
0: Yeah. The cool thing about Cody Malk is with the exception of Kalijah Cancy. He has the most direct lane to starting for the Bucks this year. So he clearly has the biggest impact. And I think that's a little bit of a different of most excited to watch versus biggest impact. Though I'm still very excited to watch uh, Cody Malk as well. And I think with the pick of Cody and the things we like about him, whether his personality the celebrations that you just talked about, the fact that he's a great run blocker and, you know, he's still got some work to do as a pass blocker, but so does every single rookie at every single position with what they want to get better at. But I think with the pick of Cody Malk, this is a great opportunity to fix the issues that they had with Luke Gedeke in two ways. One, they're literally moving Luke Gedeke to offensive tackle, who was also on the show uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. You fix last year's draft pick by still getting value out of Luke Gedekie as a starter on this team. And it's kind of like what you said with Kappa and with Ali Marpet and Donovan Smith, or also separately with Jamel Dean and Carlton Davis, where you picked one last year, you picked one this year, and they're your dynamic duo, in this case, on the right side of the offensive line. So, there's a lot to be excited about with Cody Malk, uh, his overall skill set his attitude, I think we also have to remember this would have helped Luke out a lot last year and still can help out this year but Ryan Jensen coming back is a huge factor for these young guys and it's yeah. like Tristan Wurz can be a mentor all he wanted to last year and he's going to be an even better mentor this time but he's still an offensive tackle now talking to interior offensive linemen. Ryan Jensen's going to be able to give some pointers, this, this and that to Cody Mount, that maybe Tristan wouldn't have been able to because of the differences between offensive tackle and offensive guard. I get it; it's still an offensive lineman, but there are little little nuances there, as Brad Isaac likes to say. And now Tristan is like best buddies with Luke Gettke, who's now yeah. playing offensive tackle, so he can really help out with um, with Gedeke. and Ryan Jensen, the red hair gang. Obviously, uh, everyone's excited about that. Um, this could be a huge stepping stone for Cody Malk with Ryan Jensen back. We do have a uh, super chat from Trustin Vorbeck. Thank you for the four ninety nine super chat, Trustin. They say a little off topic. That's quite all right. You super chat us, we'll answer whatever you want. Uh, a little yeah. off topic. Can we have three pole pro bowl linemen this year, do you think, with Wurfs, Jensen, and maybe Malk steps up and owns his role? Wow, three offensive linemen pro bowlers. And
1: a rookie in there.
0: Yeah, I'm going to say no, only because I think Tristan is pretty much a lot to, to make the pro bowl for the Bucks. The only reason I'm going to say no, excuse me, is the pro bowl at times is very much popularity contest. And at times, especially with offensive line, where it, it's tougher to, you don't have the stats to be like, oh, well, he did this. That's why he should get in. The offensive line specifically is a position where a guy can be great and doesn't get into the Pro Bowl, but then next year he makes it, even if he didn't have as great of a season, but he makes it the next year because he finally gets that recognition. Perfect example is Ali Marpet. He's yeah. one of the best offensive linemen in Buccaneers history, and he was around the league in his prime. He didn't make the Pro Bowl. Literally his last game of his career was the Pro Bowl that he went to in 2021. So that's kind of how I look at it. It'd be very tough for three.
1: I will say though, compared to other offensive linemen, Cody Malk probably has the best shot to make the pro bowl just based on the popularity. Like he was a fan favorite at the senior bowl. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of eyes on him this season lined up to next to Ryan Jensen. And also mentioning Jensen here. I think there is a strong case the bucks could have two. three yeah. might be pushing it, but Jensen, if he bounces back, he might be a pro bowler too.
0: Yeah. if Jensen, cause Jensen obviously isn't going to win comeback player of the year. Cause that's yeah. rightfully so going to go to Demar Hamlin. And by the way, that was at the SP So moving yesterday at the SP is when he was able to present the Pat Tillman award to the bills, uh, the bills training staff But Demar up there getting emotional uh, just to see him like upright and out and about is, is, is fantastic in itself. So shout out to, tomorrow hamlin hopefully he's able to play this season and the bucks do play against the bills this year um so yeah De- hamlin's gonna win comeback player of the year as soon as he steps the field, understandably yeah. so but yeah worse probably can get some credit too if he's able to bounce back from that knee injury it's a big if for sure but definitely could be in the mix if uh if he has a good season because he's already been a pro bowler for the box he has that recognition as one of the best offensive linemen and arguably the best center in the league. So I think two, three might be pushing it, but good good question, Tristan. Uh, yeah. Shaggy also wants to know – oh, sorry, were you going to say something or just comment No, on I was – yeah. Cool. Uh, Shaggy said, how did worfs look on the left side? Yeah, so we were able to watch him during um, OTAs and, and mandatory minicamp and everything. Looked smooth, looked like he had been playing there for a long time. Obviously, uh, Tristan did reveal to all of us that he – Knew he was going to be playing left tackle when he had his exit interview with Todd Bowles the day after that they lost the playoff game. So he's been practicing. Looks like he's been playing there for a long time. What about you, Adam? You saw him as well.
1: Yeah, uh, he looks like a natural left tackle. I think just the athleticism and his ability will carry over from right tackle to left tackle. Uh, Obviously, you have the hand placement, like setting your feet. That's flipped. But... Uh, I don't think there's a better option than Tristan Wirfs. If you had to move somebody from one tackle to the other, you would pick Tristan Wirfs. He's young enough, agile, and you kind of saw the footwork on display during OTAs, like one-on-one and drills. Yeah. I, I see it. He could definitely be an all-pro left tackle.
0: Oh, without question. And just padding that, uh, you know, that Hall of Fame resume that he's yeah. quickly, quickly making. Um, getting back to the topic about rookies you're most excited to see. I'm going to go with an undrafted player in this round. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with Rutgers safety, Chris Izian, also Christian Isian. Um, He's got the same build as Antoine Winfield Jr. The Bucks' entire room is undrafted free agents. Now, Ryan Neal has built his career, and he's established by now. But there's a lot of guys, whether it's uh, Chris Izian, whether it's Kayvon Merriweather, obviously Nolan Turner from last year. Um, another safety named Whitehead, who's an untranded free agent, a Kedrick Whitehead, excuse me. Um, that's all lobbying for a spot. So one of these guys has to make it. I was torn between Merriweather and, uh, Isian, but you know, he's from New Jersey. I'm from Long Island. So I'm going to go with the Ooh. Rutgers guy with Chris izian but yeah, I mean, same athleticism as, as Anton Woodfield jr. Same size. i um, able to go up and get after the ball could play in the slot this year too. They kind of cross trained them at safety at free safety and also at the slot. So could be used in a number of different ways. I'm very excited for what Chris is. can do this season. What just with this overall um, athleticism, I think that's something that Todd Bowles really looks for in a defensive player, especially at safety. And I like what he can bring to the Bucks.
1: Yeah. And you talked earlier about like a path to playing time and like mentioning Cody Malk being the right guard. Yeah. Chris, Izian, he, he could be the nickel and he, he could caught? get a lot of first team reps. And like, obviously, you have the parallel to Antoine Winfield Jr. with his size, another safety who is on the smaller side. Buda Baker are two guys that Izian himself has modeled his game after. Yeah. And he had the college production. Obviously, his size was a big deterrent to him being undrafted. But Rick's, Rick Spielman uh, of CBS Sports, he was at a day of, uh, mini camp, and he saw Izian make an interception in the red zone, and getting a lot of first team reps. And he said, um, I think with his co-host, if Izian was six foot two, he would have been like a top fifty, top one hundred player. And I think that speaks to his ability and him being able to overcome his size. He could be an exciting rookie to watch.
0: No question about it. All right, Adam, who who do you want next?
1: Ooh, I know we were talking about Sean Tucker earlier. So yeah. that's going to be my third pick. I want like
0: to
1: talk about him a little bit more because I think there's a lot to say here. Now, earlier this week, uh, Peter Report had on Tyler Dunn, and he, he went did. to he Syracuse. Awesome. He did. Yeah, he was. And he kind of mentioned him and being a reason to watch Syracuse football games. And he mentioned in particular that he's a stud. And you heard Rashad White earlier this offseason mentioned that baby Nick Chubb, Nick Chubb yeah. Light. 5'9", like 207 pounds, he looks like an aggressive runner that Dave Canales could use in a system, running in like his own offense scheme. The power, the ability, the elusiveness, it's all there. And definitely could see him maybe even getting a- over 100 carries. Now, the Buccaneers last season had 318 carries, split between Leonard Fournette and Rashad White. With Rashad White being elevated, Leonard Fournette gone, Those carries have to go somewhere. You can't have a running back, unless you're Nick Chubb, run 300 (laughs) 300 times on the ground. But with Sean Tucker maybe coming along midseason like Rashad White did, he had the big Seattle game, Sean Tucker could easily see 100 carries and have a big role in the offense.
0: I really enjoyed watching his highlight tape uh, when we got to the undrafted free agent route. If he can get healthy, And that's a big if, but if he can get healthy and and play enough in in training camp and get down the offense and everything, and he's probably taking a lot of mental reps right now, which is really cool. I can see him being RB two on this team. I really, really can. And, you know, it's nothing on key, nothing against Keyshawn Vaughn or chase Edmonds, but you know, Edmonds getting up there in age. And I say that in quotations because he's a running back. I'm talking about NFL age, not real life age. Um, and, Keyshawn Vaughn, I just see him as a third, fourth-string running back for the rest of his career. I can really see it with Sean Tucker, man. I'm not trying to blow smoke. I'm just saying I can really see it with Sean Tucker, and um, that would obviously be huge for just giving Rashad White a break. We've talked a lot about Rashad White. This next guy, I'm I'm torn between two guys. Um, So I'll make a pick. You can make another pick. I'll make one more, and you can make another as well. Or I guess if I make two and you make one, that would be the even amount because you started. Um, yeah, I'm torn. I'm torn between two guys, but I've gone all defense so far, so I feel like I got to go offense on this one. I'm going to pick wide receiver Trey Palmer out of the yep. Nebraska. He was a uh, sixth-round pick, uh, 191 overall, the second of the three round six picks. Uh, round six picks that the Bucs had. Uh, We had Brad Izak, the wide receivers coach on uh, last week. Great interview. I'd highly recommend it to everyone. If you didn't check it out and just talking to him, learning a little bit more about Trey Palmer. um, He said that Trey Palmer lights up the room. Like everyone thinks he's hilarious, but then he also told a completely other side of him where he was awesome in practice, but he had one drop at the end and was so beside himself that he stayed out of the jugs machine After practice, he's got that 4-3 speed. And Brad Isik saying that, listen, he's not just the guy that goes down the field. We use him in motion. We use him on mesh routes. We use him in so many different ways. We're emphasizing the footwork with all the players, but him specifically as well. I think with the uncertainty of Russell Gage and just the overall speed, and not just speed doing a go route down the field, which we've seen that in other iterations of the Bucks' offense, Trey Palmer to be able to do different things and be a little successful in the red zone and um, other ways that he's really just been exciting for the Bucks so far. I think in this Dave canal specific type of offense, even if he is the fourth receiver or even the fifth receiver, they're going to draw some things up for him, whether it's a jet sweep, whatever it may be. And they're having all the receivers run jet sweeps. Mike Evans ran a yeah. jet sweep. It was like, what the heck is going on? Uh, but Dave Canales is going to use his speed in the right way. Yes, he'll go deep, but he'll also go sideways. He'll go backwards for a screen pass. He'll go, you know, slant over the middle. Doesn't matter. Uh, mesh routes, hitch routes. They're doing a 1,000 of them. It's the Tom Moore approach. Tom Moore's been instilling, yep. Brad Isaac told us. I think Trey Palmer has – he's exciting because of his speed, but, again, another potential big impact player for the Bucs where he's obviously not going to start over Mike and Chris, but that doesn't mean he can't help out the offense. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
1: Yeah, and I think what excites me most about Trey Palmer is the fact that the bucks they got a dog. He said it himself during uh, his yeah, draft press conference. That's right. And I, what what also excites me, little side note, is... Him versus Jamel Dean. Now, there's there's some talk about who's the fastest Buccaneer. Jamel Dean said he can't really see the guys when they're behind him. But Trey Palmer, with the 4.3 speed, he's going to be lined up, as you mentioned, all over across the field in different packages in different ways. And I'm really intrigued. I know it was late in the season, meaningless game against the Falcons. But the way they used Devin Tompkins and kind of yeah. using him on like little end-of-rounds, like screens and up the middle... Definitely could see that being the flavor of the offense with Tompkins and then a taller version and Trey Palmer. And Palmer, he's no slouch. And frankly, I question how he lasted until the sixth round because he was a five-star prospect. And the only reason he didn't play at LSU was the guys in front of him were yeah. only Justin <laughs> Jefferson, Jamar Chase. Yeah, yeah,
0: not a big deal.
1: <laughs> yeah. They were out there doing the gritty. But uh Trey Palmer definitely could have a role in this offense. I know there's a comment here from JB. Uh, Do you see him? If he overtakes Russell Gage as the third wide receiver, that's definitely a realm of possibility. Kind of similar to Yaya Diaby. I think by midseason, when these guys get more seasoned and get more reps, Trey Palmer could have a vital role in the offense and kind of changing it up because you have Mike Evans uh, and Chris Godwin. Those are established guys. You know what they bring. But Trey Palmer, he can bring a bit of everything.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think Trey Palmer overtakes Russell Gage. Clearly, not at the beginning of the season. Um yeah. maybe not even later on. But because of the injuries to Russell last year and didn't have a great production, we'll see what's up with the production this year as well. But I think he can be a future, you know, number two potentially if down the road when, you know, whatever happens with Mike and with Mike and Chris, because Free agency wise, once Russell Gage is up after next season, the Bucks may be hesitant to bring in someone inside them to a multi-year deal because of how they kind of got burned with Russell Gage a little bit. And the value of having Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, because you got the size with those guys, especially with Mike, I think it allows these smaller but extremely quick guys in this offense specifically to really thrive with Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins because their athleticism and agility is off the charts. It's out of this world. But with what Dave Canales runs, the teams will still have to respect Mike and Chris, and it's going to open up so many more other little things for uh, for Trey and for Devin that may not have worked in the other offense, but in this Dave Canales offense, it will get them open. It'll get them the yards after the catch. If it was all, if it was, shout out Bleak 182, I saw them on Monday. If it was all the small things, it was all very small receivers. I don't think it could work. It'd be like, uh, you know, Space Jam, the Monstars before they got their powers. But then you get the powers, Mike and Chris, you can still excel with um, Trey Palmer and Devin Tompkins. So I think that would be super cool. Adam, who's the last guy on your list in terms of uh, this overall draft?
1: First off, I just want to say those are great references to Blink-182 and uh, Space Jam. But uh, my last guy on my list was Servassier-Dennis. Oh, I was going to
0: take him. Damn it. Yep. Snagged him.
1: Uh, But with Servassier-Dennis, what excites me is what could be down the road and kind of the trend of potential. I think there's a lot of potential with Servassier-Dennis – He had great college production at Pittsburgh, very similar to Kalijah Kansi. And he had 15 sacks in his college career, which for an inside linebacker, that's quite a few. And then uh, also he had 176 tackles over the last two seasons. And so I think immediately uh, you saw his one-handed grab uh, earlier this offseason. I think it was in OTAs. But just the ability to be a blitzer and have a role in the pass rush, for a unit kind of looking for some guys to step up he might be a hidden gem in Todd Bowles defense you know he likes to get creative there was a snap last season Vita Vea he was lined up a little bit backwards yeah Yeah. so Sebastian Dennis he will see the field and I think he has the intelligence the instincts the ability to recognize plays to really have an impact and that's what excites me because 2024 uh, Levante David and or Devin White may not be Buccaneers so Sebastian Dennis, if he can impress in his limited role, it could mean an expanded role down the line.
0: Exactly. I think he's going to be great for the blitzing. Uh, He also comes from a military background, so he's going to be very disciplined, could have a future leadership role. We don't know what's going to be up with Devin after this season, and same with Levante, as you just said. And I think he's going to beat KJ Britt for uh, inside linebacker three. So I think that's really important. His preseason will be... Very interesting to watch. Yeah, I think he's a future starter at inside linebacker. I really want to take him. I was torn between Trey and um, Trey and Savasie Dennis, but I think Trey's going to have more of an immediate impact, which is why yeah. I take him over Servassier. But I really, really like Savasie Dennis. He might be my favorite pick of this uh, of this Bucks draft. You can also make a lot of uh, other picks over at mybookie.ag. We've all been there before. A weekend trip to the casino canceled because real life. Came calling. Well, MyBookie's new and improved online casino is here to change the game. The MyBookie Casino provides a Las Vegas experience when the action's in your hands. The best part is you don't even need to wear pants, though I'd still recommend it. Your adventure at the MyBookie Casino begins today with a generous sign up bonus using promo code PUTER, that's Pewter, that's uh, P E W T E R, to secure yourself a sweet deposit bonus. Uh, the more you play, the more you win. So play anytime, anywhere. With the MyBookie Casino, they got also a host of exclusive VIP perks. If you sign up with the promo code Pewter, you can also get up to $1,000 with your first deposit bonus. Even if you learn from Plant City Math, you know that that is a heck of a deal. So MyBookie.ag, use that promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R. Okay, my last pick, there's a couple of good guys to uh, choose from. I think Josh Hayes can kind of compete for the – you know, for that slot role as well. Jose Ramirez was awesome on the show yesterday. He can also have an impact as a special teams player. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But if we're talking about immediate impact, it's got to be Payne Durham. You know, yep. I think he's going to come in and almost automatically be tight end too. With all due respect to Coquip, he's more of a blocking tight end. Shout out to Gronk when he said that back in the day uh, when he joined the Bucks. If, if Coquip is strictly going to be mainly a blocker and K-Dog can do a little bit of everything. I think Pay Dur- Payne Durham um, can do both as well. I think better as, as a receiver at this point, I think he's going to be huge in the red zone for this team and kind of pick up where uh, they had some issues last year. So Payne Durham is my last pick in uh, most exciting to watch because they need that big tight end presence down yep. in the red zone. They're going to go to Mike Evans a lot at wide receiver. They're going to run the ball a lot more. But that's a staple to any offense is that big tight end in the red zone. I think Payne Durham can really provide that along with Kate on. I think it's going to be a dual attack at tight end. But if we're talking rookies, it's Payne's going to bring the pain. Bring
1: yeah. The pain. And um, I think he's definitely going to fit his role perfectly in being that number two tight end and being that red zone threat that the Bucks didn't really have last season when they got down there. And, I don't think it's out of the realm that he could have five touchdowns and kind of fill that role as a tight end. Number two, six, six, 253 pounds. Uh, you saw it. Purdue making the tough contested catches. He does that with relative ease too. Senior by the bowl way. too.
0: Remember that senior bowl? Yeah. play When the helmet came off.
1: Yeah. He had a couple of those uh, red zone plays at the senior bowl. And I think that's what he's going to bring, which is exciting because he would, uh, he would have been my pick here too. But, just being able to step on the field in such a young tight end room, the youngest in the league yeah, in the
0: league. <laughs>
1: yeah. And the way the Seahawks used their tight ends last season, they had three of them get at least 25 receptions. I think that's the floor for Payne Durham and a big reason why Bucks fans should be excited to see what he has to offer.
0: Also a friend of the program was on the podcast yeah. as well. So yeah, we've had a lot of great guests this whole week. Jose Ramirez yesterday as well. Been a fun week of shows. We're going to be back at it uh, on Monday with another slate of uh, Pewter Report podcast episodes. In the meantime, please, if you're not already doing so, follow us on our social media, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. We are on Threads. Make sure you follow us at Pewter Report in our YouTube channels, Pewter Report TV. Uh, We got, obviously, the podcast four times a week, a ton of different clips, whether it's reacting to something, whether it's... uh, you know, shorter podcast clips. If you don't want to watch the whole show and you just want to watch a a brief segment that we talked about during the season, we'll have a ton of press conference stuff. We'll have uh, things from practice as well when that part is uh, open to the media. So please like, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd really uh, appreciate that. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us this weekend or this week. I hope everyone has a great weekend. So for Adam, I'm Matt saying, thanks everybody for watching. Enjoy yourselves this weekend, whatever it is you are doing. Have a lot of fun. And we'll see you next week for another edition of the Peter Report Podcast. Chat out take them back Sunday. They were awesome last Friday. Link 182 was awesome on Monday as well. So out. Out. Cream Skulls looking good. But we like the red and Peter as well. It's our website, pewterreport.com. <laughs>